to the back end. He scores! Simply sensational! You're listening to the Jobs and Cheddar Podcast. Welcome to episode 7 of the Jobs and Cheddar Podcast. I'm Jonah Joven. With me as always is Jordan Chesky. Ched, how are you doing today? Um, I'm doing well. Sun's shining here in uh, beautiful Buffalo. You guys get and sun there? We do, we do. It's usually for about, there's about 10 or 12 days a year where we get some sun. That's <laughs> right. You can, you can even take your shirt off outside for a day or two. No, come it's on. Fen- it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. But we're in wow. that part of the year and uh, things are going well. Good, good. Uh, yeah, it's pretty sunny in Toronto here. We get, I mean, our weather's pretty bad too at times, but uh, it's been pretty good all, all summer. Pretty hot, but uh, yeah. How's everything going? With- the heat was big time. It was bad the past couple. Yeah, yeah, we had lost. Well, it's it stopped about four days ago, but before that, for like six, seven days straight, it was like, and the humidity was high, and it was it was almost un, almost unbearable. It was it was tough. I hear you, tough. man. But, I hear you. How was Fourth uh, of July? Got after it a little. Uh yeah, for, these past ten days have been pretty uh, wild for me. Um, a lot of different things, a lot of different places, a lot of different people. I know. Um, it's like one, you've been, one I couldn't thing get a hold that, of you. One thing that stayed consistent though was uh, the beers were uh, the beers were flowing. So couple couple organic lights. A couple or no, not anymore. Out of the when I'm done with college, I, I gave up on the organic lights. But uh, okay, everyone, breaking news: natural light stock is about to take a huge hit because Chet is no longer on the train. No, I've been, dr- I've been drinking more of uh, more of your favorite the Labatt the Labatt oh, heavies. Oh my uh, my absolute <laughs> favorite beers right there. Those are the best waters. <laughs> I guess good I Lord. guess some I guess some people can call it that, but I I enjoy them. You know, they're good for a day drink when you got to drink a you know a lighter beer or something like that. Heavy heavies at heavies at night. So is a glass of Chardonnay, but you don't see me having either one of those, eh? But, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> that's true. Like, okay, okay, that's fair enough. That's, that's okay. Fair enough. That's okay, man. No, I, no. Listen, a lot of light beers are big now. Like Bud Light's coming out with Radlers left, right, and center. It's pretty wild. I'm not the biggest fan of them, but yeah, they have like orange, orange, raspberry, freaking yeah, no. lime, all this stuff, but. Anyway, let's uh, let's get to, let's get into some hockey talk here. Let's get into it. Okay, so free agency, uh, you know, pretty big free agent. I mean, huge in terms of the one big move that we're obviously going to discuss at length. Um, but overall, actually, that was a pretty interesting free agent frenzy kind of couple days here. Um, so you've got the big one. Let's just right on the nose. John Tavares to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, now, a lot of you like listeners. I'm from Toronto. Not actually a diehard Leafs fan. I like the Leafs. Like they're one of the, my teams I, I enjoy watching because I'm from here. But not my favorite team, so I'm not as ecstatic as everyone else. I do think I am excited for uh, people like my mom, my a lot of my good buddies back here. What are your What are your thoughts uh, about it as a, as an outsider, not even not from the city? Um, as a Sabres fan, it's a little unfortunate because, believe it or not, I think the Sabres might be all right in a couple in a couple of years. I agree, um, and it would be cool to rekindle that uh, Maple Leafs um, Sabres rivalry that hasn't really seen much action when two teams were good and. Uh, 20 years or so maybe i don't Correct, even know yeah. no you're right um, they actually have had pretty offsetting cycles like the Leafs were okay like were pretty good in the 90s and then the sabers got hotter in like early 2000s and like into like the 06 07s and some of those runs yeah and then as they started to cool as they have cooled off the leafs have now turned it back on yeah so it's on i mean i mean don't get me wrong it'll be exciting to watch as a sabers fan to you know see him play against the sabers often but it's just the fact that now they're going to be incredibly powerful up front um which could be bad news for, for me and my Sabres, and honestly for the rest of the NHL too. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty interesting. I think you've heard a lot about, and it was kind of interesting because obviously growing up in this market, I mean, in my lifetime, like since I was born in 96, the Leafs have had a lot of turmoil. You've seen, like, they've had some runs where they've gone in playoffs and all that kind of stuff, especially in the early 2000s, but collectively they've been a pretty poor team for a lot of years. So I think what's been interesting 
to see the last, you know, couple years, but especially now even amplified with this Tavares signing is there's all these stories about Leafs are the favorites to win the cup. Like the Le- like teams are making trades. We'll talk about that later to try to opt, like to try to compete with the Leafs big signing. That's something that I've never seen in this city. Um, I think there's a lot of like crazy hockey fans here, like absolutely tons of diehards as I'm sure there are in Buffalo. So it's, I'm, I'm happy for them. It's nice to see a lot of great hype about them and a lot of talk about them. The other thing too that we can I want to talk to about this in particular is it's also there's been a lot of years where guys have it's been speculated like you know Stamkos was he going to come back and play for his hometown Toronto team and it, that's happened a lot over the years and just never seemed to happen and Tavares now like does this and my question to you is do you think this is going to be a bit of a like floodgates opening here where you're going to see more guys do this go back and play like where they're from you saw it I, I should say Parisi and Suter both did that with Minnesota back in 12 or 13 but what do you think about that um I don't think it's nece- like that that kind of mentality has really necessarily had like any high points or low points and by by that I mean like I don't think there was ever a time where everyone was just like oh I got to go back and play for my hometown. I think it, honestly it was just a great fit for him um and honestly a team on the rise, great coach, great you know great other players around him. I think it was honestly just a great fit and then the fact that you know him being from the area I think it just definitely adds to it. Definitely, you know, he's going to have what I I'd, I'd assume some sort of like you know, added pride to playing not only just because he's going to be on a good team, but also because you know it's for his, it's his it's his home city, it's his home area. Yeah, no, I agree. I think you know it's interesting to see uh, and hear his comments. Obviously, being here, I've, I've heard a ton of media talk about this since he signed on July one, um, and one of them, the big things was Tavares. You know, was interviewed on Overdrive, which is a big popular show on TSN in Toronto, and he said, you know, I don't think uh, I, I didn't come here to be a savior or whatever. Um, you know, other term you want to call it. Uh, like, that wasn't really the case here. And I think that's the reason that now you've seen a guy like this come here. When Stamkos came here, it was going to be like, you're going to be the savior of the Leafs. For a lot of years, that's what you heard. Tavares is actually, they're literally talking about him being the second best centerman on this team already. I don't personally agree with that statement, but people are talking about, is Matthews already better? Who's getting the C? Stuff like that is, I think, one of the reasons why he did come here is knowing that he's going to be a piece of a puzzle, not the guy and the only guy. Because at the end of the day, People say, like, oh, people don't want to come here. People don't want to go there. At the end of the day, you want to go where you're going to win and if where you're going to, like, you're going to fit. And, like, I think you said it perfectly. Like, he has an opportunity to win here. And personally, I think that's why he chose Toronto over San Jose, both able to offer him good teams. San Jose apparently offered him seven years at $13 million a year. So he left money on the table. But we can talk about this as well at depth. But San Jose has an aging core. San Jose, I think their window is two years, maybe three. Toronto's is the full seven that he's here. Yeah, absolutely, and you, and going back to the you know being the focal point, especially a fo- being a focal point in a place like Toronto is tough. Like media is pretty oh, yeah. tough there, so I think um, Tavares and Matthews can kind of take a little bit of pressure off, um, take a each little other. bit of pressure off of each yeah. other. Yeah, and then you know leave it up to the fans who they think you know the center of the of the uh, franchise is. But yeah, I think it's a good fit for him, and I think him and Matthews are gonna be complement each other very well. Agreed. Yeah, and like you know, and this is where I get into. You love the diehard likeness of Toronto fans, but also it gets ridiculous. There's already talks. Is this going to cause a rift between Babcock and Matthews? Like, Matthews is unhappy. Is he leaving for Arizona? No way. It's just, that. It's just, just a go, media grab. Well, it's just, it is a media grab because you just go, you have people writing about that and talking about that. And actually, some people I think you have that opinion. And I just go, you don't know anything about the game and what guys want to do. Playing the game at even a somewhat high level, I think, which we will have, you know. That you, what do you want to do? Play with the best players you can. 
Like, I think that Matthews is ecstatic. That's another guy. And imagine that. Yeah, why would, he, why would he not want him there? Exactly. Like. That power play, man, is going to be unbelievable. But I yeah. think they're going to pop Tavares down. Oh, they're going to be they're going to be good. They're going to be real good. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, so let's get into a couple other ones. We can kind of, I'm assuming we'll loop back around to, to him. But, or sorry, I guess we'll go with another question about the Leafs. But um, kind of a two-parter here is, first of all, how much do you think Matthews is getting in his next contract? Um, and are they going to be able to keep all those guys, like the big four, which now is Tavares, Matthews, uh, Nylander, and Marner? I don't think they're going to be able to keep all of them. Um, okay, hot take. Yeah, I don't think they'll be able to keep all of them. I, I think it's just more so who they're going to want to get rid of between Marner and Nylander. Um, who, more so, I don't think they're going to necessarily – because, like, obviously they're going to have two huge name centers now, so I feel like it's just more so whatever value you can get for the other two players. Right, um, yeah, because I think personally, I I, go, I agree with what you're saying, because I think Marner is the better player than Nylander for sure. But yeah. exactly, like, what are you going to get? Like, could you get a top two defenseman for Marner? Probably. Could you get a top two defenseman for Nylander? Maybe not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's exactly my point. Um, but yeah, I don't think they'd be able to keep them all. I think what is Matthews got? How many more years does all these dudes have? One or so, two more years so each. So Matthews and Marner are so right now. Nylander's up right now. Nyland, yeah, Nylander's an RFA, and Correct. then. Marner and uh, Matthews are both they they are both do uh, they are both RFAs next July one, okay. so it's a lot of like all of them can actually be re-upped right now. Um, interesting. I heard uh, you know another podcast. Let's do thirty one thoughts, which again I've mentioned countless times. Inspired this one. Uh, they interviewed Kyle Dubas on that podcast, and they asked him simply, "Are you going to be able to keep all four? Simple. And I I really like Dubas. I think he's very well spoken, very humble. Uh, worked hard to get to the spot he's in at such a young age. All he said, Elliot Friedman asked him, are you going to be able to keep all four? He goes, we can and we will. That's all he said. Flat out, big statement. So, I mean, I think the only thing that I think that I think could happen here is, and Steve Eisman, which we'll get into more about some of his contracts, he's done this before, is he's preached to guys the value of, listen, two things. One, stay here, take a little less, but win. Still get paid well, but win. And the other thing, and I heard this recently, is Steve Eisman apparently is one of the best in the business, and it's why he's built such a powerhouse in Tampa Bay, of talking to guys about kind of the value of having, once you have enough money, like, do you need any more? And the idea of, if you're going to make $70 million in your career in Toronto versus $82 million somewhere else, yeah, it's still $12 million more, but, I mean, $70 million for your career, it's more than you'll ever need to spend, and for your kids to ever spend. You know what I mean? So I think that there's merit to that that if you preach to some of the, to these guys listen you could make 11 million on the open market or you can take nine here and win three cups i think there's that's valid and i mean it's hard to win regardless and i think guys will go the other way but i mean the hometown discount i'm not a huge believer in but i think more on that mentality of listen once you you're gonna make a ton regardless choose where you want to win still or have a better shot to win i should say no i'm a bit whether whether players like that or not i'm a huge supporter of that um some players, some players are just you know they just kind of want the money. They might be a little hungry in the beginning of their careers, but as far as this situation goes, I think all these guys are going to want to play. It's and like they're going to want to play together. They're going to want to do well because I think Toronto's going to be in a, a very good team. Well, yes. Now I said I wasn't thinking that even before Tavares, but now they're going to be they're going to be a very phenomenal team with with many years to come. And like what a what a great place to 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 have a good team in you know a place like For Toronto. Like yeah, that'd be a that'd be a that'd be cool to see. I think most of these guys would would want to stay. Now it depends if they want. If they're more money hungry, or if they're more, you know, if they'd rather win or whatnot, I guess. I guess we'll we'll see. 
For sure. I mean, the other question about kind of in this same situation, though, is, you know, uh, and this is obviously, I think, because Vegas is smart and they want a lot of people to bet, but Vegas odds were released. And they said that now the Leafs have the highest, I believe it was 7-1 to one or 9-2 to or something like that. I saw. Uh, I think I saw 7-1, to one, I'm pretty sure. So my, so my question is, with the Leafs' decor, are they truly the cup favorites, or do you still still think they're a defenseman away from being the favorites? Not that they could they could win without them, I think, but do you think that they're the favorites? So are you not are you saying that they don't because I are you saying that they don't have any good defensemen or no? Because I think no, Morgan no. Riley. Okay. Oh, I think Morgan Riley's a stud. I okay, think okay. that they are a piece away. Okay, so you're just saying one more defensive, you know, corner from being from being the favorites. I don't li- listen. You look at when the year that uh, when Pittsburgh won their cup in sixteen with no Chris Le- like not, like Latang completely out of the lineup, you know that was a team that I think guys stepped up and played way above their pay grade on the on the back end for them. Um, however, I think that was that an outlier maybe because I think the next year they win but with a Chris Le- healthy Chris Latang. I think that their D is still pretty thin, and it, uh, for me, it depends a lot on how Nikita Zaitsev uh, kind of comes back. Great rookie year, very tough sophomore year, so it'll be really dependent on him for sure, as well as Jake Gardner. Yeah, so to be the F's actual favorite, yeah, they might need another uh, I think at least. Can, do I think they can win the cup? Yeah, 100%. I don't think... But right now, I wouldn't say that they're a lock-in for winning and nothing like that. It's hard to even say in hockey, I think, to say it confidently at least. This isn't um, the NBA. There's no locks. Yeah, yeah. There's no yeah. There's no lock or anything. Obviously, they're going to have a ton of firepower up front. Solid goal, a goalie that I think could take them and, and win a cup. Um, he's he's I, the other interesting think, piece, though, because I think that Anderson is a great goalie, but I also think that you saw it. I think you saw a little bit in the playoffs last year against Boston. Got a little tired. They And they've already talked about bringing uh, the Calder Cup winning goalie from the Marlies, Garrett Sparks, up. I could see a guy like where you want to try to give Anderson – like, I'd say you give them 62 games max kind of thing. 60 to 65 kind of thing. And then and you make sure that, like, he is rested come playoff time. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Maybe maybe a little less games at the end of the year, but... Yeah. Um, so then to loop around the other side of this, uh, this deal, uh, just more of a general question, I'll let you run with this, but where do you think the New York Islanders go from here? I mean, losing a guy of this caliber, just simply put, in hockey doesn't happen very often if, like, it's so rare. So wh- where do they go? How do they rebound? Um, I think they might be kind of, kind of screwed here. Um, I was doing some research before this. They had the most goals against in the league. Um, I know oh, their goaltending is horrible. Yeah, yeah. So they're screwed there. Um, I mean, uh, they got bright side with Barzell. Uh, that's mm-hmm. that's obviously phenomenal. They but they lose their captain. They lose. I mean, they're. Ba- I think Barzell had eighty five points. Uh, Tavares had eighty four. So they're essentially tied for first on the team. So you basically lose a top scorer, a top. I mean, your captain. Um. And other than that, they got who's the other good? Son? They got Anders Lee, um, but Ander, and Anders Lee also is a guy who scored forty, but on Tavares' yeah. wing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's sixty-two points, but it also was a minus twenty-five. Um, yeah. So I think the Islanders are kind of screwed. I think they finished seventh in their or their division last year, under five hundred. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be looking too too bright for uh, for the Islanders. No, I mean, so here's the thing. A couple things. First of all, I think it's funny for me. I thought that they had a great draft. They drafted a couple. Um, like good players in Dobson, and uh, I think it's not Bloomquist, the other guy. Anyways, another Swedish winner. They, they had a good first round draft. Um, I think you do have a good future there in Barzell, although I will say, and I'm not knocking Matt Barzell, he's an excellent player, great skater. He also played against second D pairings or third D pairings all year. The top line guys, a, a top pairing defenseman, pardon me, on other teams in the NHL last year, when they played the Islanders, they played John Tavares' line, which Barzell wasn't on. So I think that that's, let's see how he adjusts to that. Um, the other part is interesting is that I actually, and 
this might be a bit of a, t- a take for you. You can run with this afterwards. But one thing I don't really get is I actually feel that they were better right after they lost Tavares than they are now with some of these just questionable signings. Yeah, you, questionable want to run, signings. you want to run through some of those? Okay, so they signed Leo Komarov. I believe it's like $3 million or something. Not a ton, but for four seasons. Then they sign. Then they trade back for Matt Martin, who is like, yeah, he's a fourth liner, but he's not getting any faster in a league that continues to do so. Yeah. And then, and you can speak to this as much as you want, they still don't have a goalie, and they go and get the most volatile, underachieving goalie <laughs> in the last five years in the NHL, in Robin Leonard. Like, that yeah. guy, I remember, I still remember, they when Buffalo traded for him from from Ottawa, it's like, okay, this guy's like, you know, a big Swedish goalie, like, he's going to get some stuff done. Guy's been a joke. No, yeah, consistently hear like how he's a hothead, and he just basically consistently proves that he is. Um, so yeah, for him, how much is he? How much is he going to be making? I, I'm not even sure how much he's making. I think it's a one year deal. But the point is, collectively, I just I, I read so, I read an article where and then I, I kind of skimmed through it, but like the Islanders are signing like these like depth players long term, and no one really knows why. Like it makes no sense. Yeah, the thing is that's those just roll guys. Like, well, example, you might add a Komarov. A guy who like is gritty adds a little bit of punch. Same with a Martin. When like your team is complete, and then you yes, say, okay, exactly. let's throw one guy in. Not Very when good your point. team Very is now point. rebuilding. Yeah, uh, they're uh, they're a long way from being good. And then to add these guys, it's like, well, I, I guess you know, I'm not sure what they're trying to work with here, but I guess we'll see. Uh, we'll see. I don't see yeah. anything good coming from the Islanders this I, year. I don't know. I just, I just think it was like honestly, I think you're better to wait, not spend that money. Maybe even like, yeah, you might finish slower. But I also think and this is where the Lou Lamorello thing comes in. They sign him. And listen, they got Trotz, who's a great coach. That's the best thing they've done this offseason. I completely I, – I forgot about that fact. Okay, another another bright point with them. Like, I don't know how I – over, I overlooked that part. I overlooked that. At the same time, man, pl- but players play the games, right? Like, he, I mean, you, he needs people to coach, guys who can, yeah. he can coach. I think he'll be good for their youth there. I think he'll be good for Matt Barzell. But at the same time, I think, you know – it's tricky. And this is where I get into kind of the thing about Lou Lamorello. And you look at it, like, he goes there, they hire him, like, oh, it's a huge Lamorello factor. He got a couple things done, but, I mean, and it's fine. But, you know, I also think that Lou Lamorello, like, I think there's going to be a time when he's past his prime in the NHL. He's past his time. He's an old-school guy in a league that continues to become more and more a new wave. I think he could hinder them more than he helps them long-term. But, I mean, we'll only see that in the coming years. Yeah, yep. But, uh, anyways... To wrap up free agency, a couple other big names move around. Um, James Neal to Calgary, what do you think about that deal? Um, so, I mean, they definitely got some scoring. I, I found this out. He's uh, reached the twenty goal mark in every in all of ten of his seasons. Yeah. He doesn't he doesn't put up like monster numbers, but he got I think a pretty fair uh, deal for a three year old winger. I think he's making like I five agree. and a half, five million, five and a half, something like that. Yeah, I think um, five seven or five five five. Yeah. Yeah, forty four points last season. Plus, he gets the experience. I mean, he's already had the veteran the veteran touch to the team. But, and then yeah, the the, the cup experience and everything like that. I think it's a pretty good pretty good move by uh, by Calgary. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, they've kind of done a bit of a retool here. They made that big trade with Carolina's getting uh, Hannafin and Lindholm, which I, I like. Um, you know, so I think it's good. And then they signed a depth forward and Derek Ryan. So I'm excited to see what Calgary does. I think, as I've talked about on this podcast before, them and Dallas were the most underachieving teams in the league last year. So I'm hoping they uh, they improve. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, another big one, Paul Statsny to Vegas. Now, i got to say this, Paul Statsny. So, you uh, liking it or no? Are you liking it or no? I, I don't I don't mind the deal. But okay. I'm almost and, – and I just – I don't – and I have to clean up ignorance. I know enough about Statsny. Like, I think Statsny's had 50 or more points in the last seven seasons in a row. I believe that's the stat I've read a, a couple days ago. But it's almost like this guy, 
everywhere he goes, it's like seven million, seven and a half, five years at seven point two, and you're just kind of this guy's making like gonna make like eighty five million his career or like seventy million in his career at least, and it's just roll guy like glue third apparently he's a great guy third to up to second line kind of center at this point in his career and he's just making just bank this whole career he just kind of slips in i think he's apparently he's an amazing guy maybe that's why he signs these deals no i, I like him i think i, I think like he's, the deal yeah yeah i like him i think for for vegas they lose a james neal a winger they bring in like a uh what i think is a good a good center well you it's not like you were ripping on him or anything but what i think is a very good center so i think for for oh, he's vegas good. I, I, i'm just saying he's it's unassuming like you're just like Paul Stastny makes seven point two, and then you're like, "All right," and then you just kind of like watch him. He's, he's good, but I just it's just surprising still. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's so like what I was saying. I think for Vegas, it's good. You lose Neil, you kind of get a guy like this, similar sure. age. You you're paying a little bit more, but um, I think he had more points than Neil, but also different positions. So take that for what it's worth. Um, but he is a little. How many years did he get? He is a little old. He's thirty two. I think it was only, three years. Three, only three, three years. years. Three years. Which is good. So I think it's a very good deal for Vegas. I think it's pretty safe. I don't think you're going to get some guy who's like, thir- you know, you sign him for like a six-year deal, he's like 30-whatever, and he's just like falling apart slow at the end of his career. Like, right. I think it's a very safe uh, deal, a very good deal for Vegas. Agreed. And the thing that's interesting, I'm glad you brought up the term, because one thing I noticed, and maybe this is just something I haven't noticed in previous years, but I really noticed this year watching all the free agent, like, frenzy coverage, was how – Money was obviously it's still important. It's hugely important in deals, but the big talk of the day was always like, "Oh, I don't like the term on that. Great term on this. Term is was like really a big deal. Like the Canucks signed uh, two fourth liners, Jay Beagle and Antoine Roussel, both four year deals. Like fourth line guys usually don't get that. I'm happy Jay Beagle. I think is like a apparently he's a beauty and is a winner everywhere he goes. But I mean that's a long term. And same with Komarov for a fourth year guy too, because especially because those are guys that you know. How much, I don't know how much they're making, but like four years. If he sucks after a year or two, you're kind of screwed. Like he, Jay Beagle he, he is going to be 37 in the last year of that contract. Like he's not. See, gonna I, be, I don't think he's on that team. No, no, I think that's horrible, horrible. I mean, maybe so they didn't overpay or anything, but like still, I don't like. I don't like that at all. No, I mean, I think the money is fine for both of them. I don't. Neither of them are getting much, but it's four years. Like you're locking guys in, so. It's interesting, but uh, yeah, we'll see. I agree. The Statsny thing is, listen, I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to, for anyone out there, I'm not trying to say that Paul Statsny's not a great hockey player. He is. I just, I'm always surprised and I'm like 7.5 or like 7.2. And you're like, now I will say the league's also getting to that point where now the stars who used to make seven are now making like 10 or are now making nine and a half, right? So it is changing with the cap going up too, but still. Um, and moving on, finally, we'll talk about one more big one before we get into your Sabres, who have had an active offseason so far. Absolutely. I like excited. it. I like it. I'm excited uh, to JV, talk about JVR, that. James Van Riemsdyk, back to Philly. Um, yes, yeah, so I like that first, deal. He played his first three years with Philly, I think it was, or maybe even was longer than that. Yeah, three, three seasons with Phillies after being the number two overall pick. Um, big winger, uh, averages 25 goals, 49 points a year. Just um, scores, man. Just scores wherever he goes in, in any situation. And I was also reading up on this. Philly has a ton of cap room left too, with like almost fifteen million dollars um, still left to spend. So five years, thirty-five million. I don't think that's not bad. Good on the power play. I think I think it's a good pickup for Philly, especially a team that you know is a couple of pieces away from being being legit. I agree. Philly, look, they're they're getting up there with with forward depth. Apparently, Wayne Simmons might move, which is I think that's a mistake. But I've heard rumors of that. But in general. Very deep, like, you know, deep team. Lots of young talent there. Um, even on, like, defense, you know, they got Gothisbear and now this Provorov kid. Provorov, yeah. But uh, still, and this is the big thing, 
goaltending graveyard. No one has worked there. Yeah, like, that's they do obviously not have a goalie. obviously a huge problem with them. Last year, how many? They seemed like they were bouncing around three, four goalies. Well, yeah, and, and the thing that I'm actually—it's funny because I was when I was doing some research for this episode, I was a little surprised about. I was looking this up. You know, Philly. No one's really worked out there. They have a guy who's I think I don't know how long he's been there, so I don't like want to quote this, but I think he's been there for years. Is their their AHL starter Alex uh, Lyon? Is his name? Like the the Phantoms, like Philly Phantoms, like whatever their team name is now. But the Philly's farm team went to the conference finals again this year. I think it's like the second or third time they've done it recently. This guy made ninety four saves in a five overtime game in the second round, and he like I've seen some highlights. You could like why not why not give him a like a serious serious look? Yeah, I don't know, especially if yeah if he just has consistent uh, success. Like why don't you give this guy just a legitimate chance? I mean, man, they're they're putting like buddy, you and I could have played net for them last year. They were <laughs> like, come on. Um, my one friend, huge Flyers fan, Sabres fan as well, but his family grew up a his family grew up a Flyers fan. Shout out Roy Davis. Um, he was telling me about a goalie prospect. From the WHL, who apparently hit like, I think oh, Carter Hart. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yep, yep. That's yeah, it. I yeah, think it was yeah, like three seasons in a, three seasons in a row. He was, uh, I think, the MVP of the league. Yeah, like, WHL goaltender of the year. Yeah, 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 I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was that. So that's maybe one thing they can look, you know, forward to in the mm-hmm. future. But the, t- the that, tough part is, and this is also listen. This is probably one of the toughest parts about sports, and we'll just talk about hockey. Is the one of the things that I find very interesting about hockey, and I think why one thing that I don't think people, a lot of people think about of why it makes it so hard to win is when you look at players, and it always changes too. But people, or sorry, positionally, players hit their primes in different times. Young forwards are taking over the league. Like Eichel signs for eighty million at like twenty. McDavid is like twenty one, and he's making tw- like twelve million a year. So forwards hit it early. D yeah. take a couple more years usually. Goalies, goalies I think, hit their prime at like twenty eight. Yeah. Or, yeah. Right, so the thing is, is Philly's core is not getting any younger. They're still in the middle, I think, of their primes. But say Hart takes five more years, okay? Then Giroux's what thirty four, and Voracek's like thirty five. So it's tricky there. But I think yes, that's a good point by by your buddy. Shout out to him. Car- uh, Carter Hart is a very good goalie by all you know indications. Um, so you know you have him and maybe like a veteran in Lion. But they got my point is is. I think the other part of it is, and listen, there's gals and all that. That guy was a nightmare there. But put someone in and just say, this crease is yours for, for the year. Like, we're the two guys. It's just you two. Unless you get injured, like, just work it out. Because I yeah, think like, that's one they gotta try, they, they, They're not sticking anything. Like, they got to try something. Like, give it, a legit, give it a legitimate chance. Well, yeah, they had Mason, and they have Neuvert. Then now Elliot for, like, a year or two. Just bring the two guys that are homegrown guys in. Say, you guys are sticking around for a while. This is your net. Mm-hmm. Just, just figure it out, basically. So we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back after this. We're back. All right, so uh, Cheddar, I know you're excited about this segment. The Buffalo Sabers and uh, folks, I'm I'm not misspeaking here. I'm being honest. Have had a decent off season so far, Chad. How how are you feeling about everything? I'd say it's a very very good off season right now. A um, couple of big trades, a couple of signings, whatever. But then the big draft pick. It, it, it's great. The buzz around um, Darlene is real. Um, it's exciting to just like 
go out and about, whether you're at a bar, whether you see a friend out at a gas station, whether you're at the gym or something. I don't know. It's fun to just talk about Darlene. It's fun to be like, okay, we might not be the best team. We're not. I'm not saying we're gonna be like great next year or the next year. But it's just exciting that we have like. I'm not saying he's going to be, but I heard come out of people's mouths like maybe the best defenseman ever, best defenseman in 20, 30 years. It's like incredible. It's incredible. There's a lot to of hype, that. and I think he's I, man. He is. You've I've seen his highlights. Like he was in the Swedish Elite League at a young age, and he was just tearing it up. He he's talented. I think, and I think he has a very like a typical Swedish defense. You can't go wrong with, with a high ranked Swedish defenseman. It's I think history's proven that. Yeah, they're 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 just solid. Yeah, I mean, I, look, absolutely. The best defensemen in the NHL are usually like they're big. They're just big Swedes. I think that Deline, I think, and I heard someone say this once. I forget who it was on some broadcast, but he's kind of a hybrid between Carlson and Hedman. It's like he has a little more size. He's not huge, but like he ha- plays a little more of that game, but then also has all like the offensive upside of Eric Carlson. If someone has is the mold of the mix of Victor Hedman and Eric Carlson, <laughs> it's pretty. That is something to be excited about, and that's exactly where we're at here in Buffalo. It's just, it's, it's really, it's very exciting. We, uh, the first practice they had for, uh, you know, all the new guys coming in, prospects, whatever, um, it was like a, I mean, it was just in the practice facility right next to the, uh, to their arena, but it was right. like every seat was filled, you know, all cameras were on him. It was just exciting. And what's also great is he is happy to be here, is what it seems like, or maybe he's just happy to be in the NHL, whatever, but he seems fired up. He seems, he seems focused. Um, me and my friend were talking how he kind of seems like a dork, but it's like the best thing. I think it's like but the dialed best. Dialed in, exactly dialed in. You know, like a Cindy Crosby kind of thing. Like yeah. just like maybe a little socially awkward, but like when it comes to the rink, when it comes to the rink and hockey, he knows everything. He's gonna be professional. He's gonna work hard, focused. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. I think it's I think, I think for sure he's gonna pan out. I think for sure. You know that's a great point. What you just said, going back to the Crosby thing, and this is actually leading into a question I want to ask you later. Not listen. I'd like to know. I'd like to meet him for like the stories and stuff. But if you ask me who I'd want to get a beer with in the NHL, Sidney Crosby's not really up there because I just think it's like no. He'd be talking about his workout and so, which is great. Like you know what? Listen, he's one of the best in the world, not the best in the world. But I, I'm with you. Like I think that. But at the same time, you need a couple of those guys that are going to carry you to some cups. So oh, de- definitely, definitely good. need a couple of those guys. Um, so they add some good pieces. Carter Hutton. I like that ad. I think that he. You know he's what we talking about with goalies older prime. Thirty-two year old goalie is going to have a serious shot to be the starter. I know Allmark's there, and I know they also signed yeah. Scott Wedgwood. I think all good guys that if they can blend together, I think that it is Hutton's job to lose at this point. So they add him, and then they add Connor Sheary in a trade with the Penguins, which I really like that move. I think him on on Jack Eichel's wing could be good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have because you've seen him do magic with another elite center and Crosby on Pittsburgh. Correct. And they add some guys in the in the trade. We'll get to the trade after. Why don't we just talk about Hutton and Sheary for now? So Hutton, he's older. He's one of those goalies who's been around a long time. Like as we talked about five ten minutes ago, how you know some goalies find their their break later in their career. So anyway, he's thirty two years old. Um, never had too many games played in a season. I think last year he maybe maybe had the most games he's he's ever played. But also he did. Yeah, cre- yeah, he did. Some maybe some career numbers. We got him for three years, eight and a half or no, eight point two five. Um, and now I've been reading some. I've been seeing statements saying he's going to be the starter. I've been reading statements he's going to be the backup. They were saying maybe he takes 50, 50 to fifty five games to let Allmark, who's been who's having uh, who's been great in the NHL and everything, like adjust to the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a full on stance of who I want because I guess Hutton is still you know he's not like he's had like some great full season. It's the last one was his best, but like. I think they're going to probably split time, and they might battle it out at the end of the season to see who takes over the, the full starting role, I guess. 
And, and I think that makes sense, you know, I think in, I mean, you can attest to this, like, I think when you are on hockey teams where you have very strong goaltending and you create a bit of a goalie competition, I think that you always see, a lot of the time, you see guys flourish. Um, I totally agree with your point. Hutton is 32, and I think you could see he plays there for three years. He'll be 35 after that. Mm-hmm. And what happens is, if, if does, does he become, I've heard he's a real, I've seen like a real, I've heard, like, you know, rumblings that he's a very, like, good teammate. Exactly. He mentors Allmark into becoming a starter in this league, and then that's your goalie of the future in Buffalo. That could be a big possibility. You're seeing that right now with um, in Calgary. They, they bring Mike Smith in to be the goaltender now, but he's old. He's not getting any younger. And if the Flames could have one goalie prospect pan out literally ever, because they haven't had one since Mike Vernon in like the 80s pan out, but if that could happen, then like that's I think what the Flames are trying to do. So I think you could see that in Buffalo. Um, and yeah, so that's good. That's good. Uh, what about Shiri? What do you think about um i think that was big but i kind of was reading up on some of his numbers i think in his last like 30 games he only had like like i think it was like less than five goals something like that i think he got dropped down to the fourth line yeah. um but he's had high points as you said playing you know playing with crosby and i think he could be you know he could work well with, with eichel or even middle stats something like that um i think it's a good pickup um him and matt hunwick we got in that um yes in that, in that trade which was just a just a, a salary dump for uh for the Penguins, because I think we literally gave him like a f- conditional fourth round pick and maybe be a third round pick for two thousand nine for next year, um, so I think their their total value is around five million. I didn't love it, I didn't hate it. Like we didn't have to give up anything. We basically got a winger and a basically got a winger and a and a and a, and a defenseman um, for a fourth round pick, which really in the NHL isn't much you know, doesn't have the much value. So we essentially got two players for free. Yeah, which uh, yeah. So I agree. I think it just adds some nice depth. I think that you know you have a guy like a veteran D like Matt Hunwick can come in and again help like help some of the younger guys. I mean, listen, listen. The nice part is, a lot of teams in the NHL I think would be very envious of the the future of the top end of Buffalo's blue line. Uh, even teams who like we're talking about the Leafs who are, like could win a Stanley Cup very soon, they have one great great D. Mm-hmm. In Morgan Riley. And, like, most teams don't even have that second guy. You see, like, even Tampa Bay going after Eric Carlson because they still want more depth on D when they have Hedman. Deleen and Ristolainen, man. That is that is a scary pairing in five years. Both young. Yeah, oh my God. They're both young. They're both just have tremendous upside. You know, I just, off- And I also just think, like, you look at the two as players, that could really work well. Either. Or you split them up even when they get really good, and then you have depth, man. So, Deleen... With Darlene, he not only takes pressure off. Well, I okay, we didn't even talk about this yet. What I meant to say earlier is he takes first of all pressure off of Jack Eichel, who doesn't necessarily have to be the focal point of the franchise anymore. But then he's also going to take away minutes from Risto, but in a good way because Risto, you know, a common critique here in Buffalo is that he's playing too much. He's not a he's not necessarily a number one defenseman, but a phenomenal number two. Right. So I think he's going to alleviate some pressure from from those two players. But then as you as we're talking about Risto, I think it's just going to be great that. They're going to be able to complement each other so well, play a pretty even amount of minutes. But with Darlene obviously being the go-to defenseman, I think it's only going to help Risto as well. Right, agreed. So yeah, I think that's that's good. Um, quickly on Eichel, first of all, number change the number nine. Interesting move. Love it. I don't so know why, but I just I love it. Yeah, I, I mean, see. he always wore nine. And I yeah, think, like, I think he's just. A, I think he's just more so just like. What can I what can I do different this year? Yeah, exactly Shaking that too. But also like, what can I do different? You know, may I'll try something new, and boom, he get, he gets it, and I, and I love up. it, and I love. So it. the question is now, and we'll get into this with O'Reilly gone. Steak, but with O'Reilly gone, uh, does Eichel is Eichel to see it at, uh, come the fall? Is this guy just getting it? Uh, see, I was going to talk to you about this, and I'm a little indifferent. I, th- 
think he's going to get it. Um, I think so, too. I mean, you're, you're paying the guy $10 million a year, and but he like, already has an A. Yeah, like, I would rather have Donald... I mean, he's not... Obviously, he's not going to get it now, but, like... Obviously, lead, rather, buddy. This guy hasn't even touched no, the No, 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 no. I, I guess I worded that. Like... I want in like four or five years, I would allow Darlene to have the C. But can you can you can you give it to Eichel now and just take it away from him? Like, I don't know. No, I, I obviously, think, you obviously, know I know. Obviously, I know. Darlene, yeah, he can't just come in. Oh, here's like, the C, buddy. You're eight, here you go. You're 18 years old. Welcome to the NHL. Here, you're a captain. No, I, I didn't mean it like that at all. I'm just saying, I think Eichel would be a better, would be a phenomenal A. But right now, I think he's, I think he's probably going to get the C. Yes. Yeah, I, I think you know we'll see what happens. The only thing about Eichel that worries me. Um, a little bit, and I mean, I don't. I listen. I think this will. I don't think this will happen. They're going to develop well, but and listen, I'm like this myself, so I, I I respect this. But is Jack Eichel is one guy that, and you can tell me if you think I'm wrong on this, but and but I think because I see that like that's how I am. He hates to lose more than he loves to win. That's and that's how I am. Like I love I love winning, but he but I hate to lose more than I love winning. And I think that's how Eichel is too. So all I'm saying is you could see a guy in three more years if like there's not a lot of progress, that guy is bitter. He's rattled. I will say, like, so we'll see what happens there. I will say at the same time, I think the reason that I would give him the C is he's blatantly said, and I think he has like pretty good command of that room. He's already, he said, we need a culture change here. Guys need to be not content with losing games. Guys need – he has a, the right mentality of a, team, of a guy that's going to lead the team. And that's where I think you can have a more like a stoic kind of guy like Deline. Just wearing a calm, cool, collected, goes about his business and like just dominates on the, on the back end for them. No, I think you make – those are some very good points because I think Eichel has very good leadership skills just in general. But I think there's also some certain things where it's like – Okay, you're a leader. You shouldn't really be doing that, saying that, whatever. And yeah, then he's pretty make, vocal make, for sure. Yeah, you make a good point though with with Darlene. Because okay, back to the Eichel real quick. Some people when they're very vocal, sometimes they're just vocal when they're angry, and that's not. Oh yeah. That, that's not a good leader. Like that's not that's necessarily a good. No, if you're leader. gonna be vocal Obviously, all the time, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, but if you're only, vo- I'm not saying he's only vocal when he's angry, but he's very vocal when he is angry. And sometimes a good leader just like needs to be like you said, like a Darlene, like calm, cool, and collected. So. I guess they might have two different um, leadership styles, and I guess we can see who, you know, how those can, how those can pan out. Yeah. Yeah, but you make you bring an interesting point. You actually wonder with a guy who's supposed to be such generational talent like Deline, are do they wait? Do they go with the multiple A thing? I mean, I'm not a big fan of that they're already talking about that in Toronto. They might not announce the captain again. I'm like, guys, you haven't had a captain since Dion Phaneuf. Think about how yeah. different the team is. Name a captain. That's another thing too, where like. Can you do with the all A's thing again? Like where it's like, yeah, I, that's one I reason think, why. I think we've had our own conversations about this in other situations. Yeah, yeah. Of personal life, I, I'm not. I don't like it. Yeah, I I'm just, not the, not the biggest fan of it. That's why I think Eichel gets the C. I, don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not upset with like. For example, I know some teams do like four A's in a captain. Stuff like that is I'm okay with. Like if you want to say like, listen, I think this team needs a big leadership group. I'm okay with that in a lot of ways. But I think, and we've talked about this, you know, you and I personally, is you need a captain because it's the one guy who I think he almost like he lead, he's the leader of the leaders. That's like I think if you have more than one leader on a team, which every team does, you need one guy that leads that group. Mm-hmm. And I he, think he that's why you need to see. And he doesn't have to be the most vocal. He doesn't have to necessarily be like no, yeah, just the, a guy. He doesn't, have to, he doesn't have to be the most favorite of the captains by by the other players and stuff like that. I just think hey, you no. do need you do need a guy to kind of you know. The, no matter what, when that guy's talking, you just shut up and listen. Or when right. that guy, oh no, right? Because because I think most captains actually in NHL, well, not most, I should say, but I think some captains, like I think you usually have, you have a, an assistant captain that's like 
the most lo- beloved beloved guy in the room. Like yeah. everyone is like, he's he's obviously still a high end player, but like everyone just loves him. That's like a perfect like a because it's almost a guy that, like if you think the captain's being like a dick, you can you can you know, go to him, him yeah, talk to him. It's like an assistant coach and a coach in some ways in some relationships that players have with those guys. So and if you're kind of getting off topic about everything, I think Tavares should have the captain and then Matt the C and then Matthew should get it when they when he's older. Mm-hmm. I think Tavares has been the captain since he was twenty three, but. Whatever. No, to me, thought, to me. I thought they should have given it to him at the press conference. They didn't. Whatever. No, to me, yeah, he gave him the C for sure. But that's just that's that's just who. What do we know? You know. Anyways, yeah. What do we know? But <laughs> okay, now into the trade. Um, listen, I will say, Ryan O'Reilly gets traded to St. Louis for a boatload. That's you what I, I. You and I love O'Reilly. I love him. You love him. Man, Rocket, great hockey player. Under underappreciated, I think, in like little things he does. Yep. They got. Like what a seventy-five to eighty a year point guy would return them for that. that like I, I don't think I, I think it's some depth forwards, but even just the picks and then two roster players, I thought yeah. it was crazy. Yeah, first round a young. So we get a okay. So the Blues obviously get Ryan O'Reilly. The Sabers get Patrick Berglund, uh, Vladimir Sabaka, Tage uh, Thompson, a two thousand nineteen first round pick and a two thousand twenty one second round pick, which that's a haul. The, the first round pick was phenomenal for me. I loved I loved oh, yeah. that. That that gets tossed in there, I love the trade. Don't get me wrong, I love O'Reilly, and don't and you know the Sabers definitely got uglier by losing this beautiful man. But yeah, that's it just, accurate. It just it just it's just how much we got for him is, is phenomenal. If we had gotten rid of him and we didn't get enough, then I'd be, be very upset. Be rattled, like yeah. like we, like you just said, I love Ryan O'Reilly. He's my he was my favorite player in the league last year, and it, you know obviously being a Saber is phenomenal. But the fact that we got so much for him, I think, right. is what. Is is what is amazing. I think that's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, I, you go ahead. I love the trade. He, we're, the Sabers are more so trying to get younger and faster. That's what the, the GM keeps saying over and over again. We're trying to get younger and faster. He's obviously not the fastest player. No. Um, but it's just the fact that we got a lot for him, and that's that's what's phenomenal for me. The first round pick's great. Um, even the second, I mean, I'll take a twenty twenty one second round pick. I don't mind. No, that. no. Listen, I, personally, like, yeah, I'm the same. Um, couple things. One. I think it's a huge haul for him, which we'll get into more in a second. Two didn't go to Montreal, so thank God, because that would have been such what a like. I would have been torn. You don't. You'd have cried. You'd have cried a little bit. I think. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not even a serious fan. Watching that guy in that. Oh God, I don't even want to get into that anymore. Didn't happen. Thank God. Those St. <laughs> Louis, I think they actually I think have made some nice moves too. They're another team that's like again. Devin San Jose are now like kind of the new Washington's. Like, are they ever going to get over the hump? They've had some great teams in some great years. St. Louis also signs Tyler Bozak. They add him, so you know I think St. Louis could be all right with that. Now I'm going to go back to this. I think that Berglund is an aging guy. I think like he is a guy kind of like a Matt Hunwick. I think could be decent in the room. You could have him like as a like an older leader to these guys to some of the young Sabres guys. Sabotka. Wait, like whatever I don't think that guy I think is like I know that the Blues were very disappointed in his work ethic as the season went on um, I don't think he's a great pickup but I also just think it's kind of it's a toss in my thing is man if you look at Ryan O'Reilly like again we both love him but stat wise a first a second and a prospect in this Tage Thompson kid even that would have been like okay that's a pretty good haul to add two roster guys that are going to be serviceable players on probably your depth lines that would, like I mean, for one person, that's yeah, a good the, trade. That's a good Sab- trade. When the, when the Sabers also already other have you know, uh, two other uh, two other sentiment sentiments. So like I feel like 
yeah, he was a great player, but it's not like we're in absolute desperate need of centers now. No, I mean, like that. so they're, that's they're, why I think I think everything seemed to everything seemed to have worked out pretty close to as well as the Sabres could have gotten. Yeah, I think I think like I I agree. I, when the first getting thrown in there, I think changed the whole dynamic of this trade. The fact that they gave up their first. Now I think O'Reilly, listen, you look at now St. Louis. They have Braden Shen, who's blossomed there. Ryan O'Reilly, and now Tyler Bozak. They're a deep team up the middle. Tyler Bozak is a that's a good third line center. Fin- very good, very good third line center. So very I think you look at that because there's a lot of criticism of him, of him in Toronto, but he was never what people wanted him to be. People like they want they they put him in a first line center role. Tyler Bozak was never a first line NHL centerman. No. And he did an okay job trying to fill it in. You saw him had pretty good success the last couple of years. Why? Because he was slotted more into where he should have been. And so, I think, and I think people in Toronto would more so like be comparing him to the other like top players that they have on the team. Like, oh, you could be this, you could be that. Like, so I, I think that's kind of also why he got like undervalued or a little bit in Toronto. So yeah. Anyway, uh, the Blues now getting O'Reilly, three good centermen, two very good centermen, really good third line center. I think that's Tarasenko uh, there, Fat, Robbie Fabry if he stays healthy. They they have yep. some good offensive depth. Yeah, I think it was a very good trade for uh, for both teams. The crazy thing, and we're gonna keep, we'll keep going in trades that I'm hearing, is that like apparently there might there's like some rumblings that Colton Pareko might be on the move from the Blues. I can't understand that. That guy is a weapon on the back end. He's a cannon of a shot. I like it's not like nothing big, but I just heard like a couple podcasts, a couple things I was reading, like that they thought that he may be moved because they have a lot of depth and how much money are they gonna put into like just Petrangelo and him. But I mean, if he's open, like that's where they got to go. But they're good. They're good defensively too. If Jake Allen takes the net, they 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 could be a good team. They could be a, I think not. Like I mean, they've always been good, but they could be a surprise, like very strong team in the West. No, yeah, I could. Uh, I think they're going to be a good. Team. Well, yeah, surprise seems a good way to put it. Yeah, that surprise seems a good way to put. It. I think they're going to be good. They can maybe yes shock some people. Who knows? Correct. Um, also, Max Pacioretty, my least favorite player in the NHL, likely on the move. I kind of I kind of wish he would just stay. And kind of like wither away in Montreal, but uh, apparently, like he stopped a deal to go to the Kings during the draft because he like wasn't happy with the extension. Supposedly, like they gave him a time limit because it included the first round pick that night, and he like didn't like that they put a time limit on him. Guy's a joke. Anyways, I'm just not. I just don't like him at all. I'll get to that in a second, as you're gonna let me rant a little bit. I was but, gonna say, yeah, that the next little part in our outline, those next couple of bullet points, I'll let you uh, let you take that. Yeah, and rant about so it. <laughs> he's on the move. I I think that I wouldn't pick him up. I just think that I think he has some attitude stuff. I think that he can score goals. And he, he's gonna get moved somewhere, but I think a fresh start is necessary for him for his career. All of my biases aside, L.A. could be good. L.A. to me though is an interesting thing. They signed Kovalchuk. They miss on you know, or sorry, like they signed Kovalchuk. They're getting older. Pacioretty's not the fastest player either. What, what do you think's going on in LA with all these older scorer signings or attempted trades now for Pacioretty? I don't really get this. Um, yeah, LA always seems to have you know some questionable moves. I don't know how much. What was uh? Do- I'm sorry. What was Dowdy's uh? What he just Eight signed? Years, eleven million per. And he's gonna be old as hell at the end of his season, and they're gonna be, he's gonna be making that much money. I don't know. Like LA has some questionable moves. I feel like. Um, I mean, listen, Dowdy, in my opinion, is probably perennially the best defenseman in the NHL for the last three, four seasons and will continue to be, but you got to pay him. But it's, I mean, yeah, it's a lot of money. Yeah, and he's, he's going to be, yeah, it's a ton of money. Uh, the patch ready ending up there, I'm not. Uh, I don't like it. Yeah, I don't I don't like it. I don't know. I don't like it, him. We don't like him. No one laugh, man. It's okay. Yeah. So a quick little thing in Montreal. That's, you, what I was, that's what I was going to let you get those in. Those of you have, I want to I want to hear this uh, this rant. Yeah, for those of you that are new listeners, I'm not a fan of the Montreal Canadiens, and this is not because I'm from Toronto. 
I just don't like anything about the organization. I think they run it based on what their fans want them to do, even subtly. Um, they continually support and employ the worst GM in the NHL now that Mark now that Garth Snow's out of New York. New York, Bergevin, joke. I just don't get any of his moves. So a couple things about them. Love that they went they went and drafted a guy who was ranked tenth overall, and they took him at three. Sick move, guys. That guy. Well, no, I mean, I didn't. I, I listen. He was one of the top ranked centermen. He's about four. They said though he's at least three or four years away. But also, you and I talked about this before. You draft at that. You're, they drafted third. You pick the best player available, and they're like Brady Kachuk is way is better. There's a defenseman that are better. Whatever, do what you want. Shea Weber's out five to six months, so they're not doing any better on D. Love it. The biggest thing is, and this goes into Pacioretty, they had a decision that apparently some of the room liked Pacioretty, other of them liked Subban for the captaincy. They passed on P.K. Subban. Guy is electric. Norris Trophy winner. Donated $10 million to a hospital in Montreal. I was there this summer. Still a huge sign of him up there. Right? You go with just, uh, in my opinion, a sort of lazy, overrated, scoring, slow scoring winner as your captain instead. You know what? Montreal deserves every tough season that comes to them. Carey Price, no clue why he ended up staying there and signed for eight years. This this franchise, I kind of love it because I hate them in general. But all of this that's happening to you guys, you guys have no roster. Like, there's a couple guys there. Max Domi, sorry, I like you a lot. Sorry, you're there now. Yeah, Gallagher, you're all right, too. Yeah, yeah. Everyone else, it doesn't matter. I don't even know what's going on. Carey Price hasn't been himself in two full seasons now. Like, what's going on there? Who knows? Collectively, just don't want to hear it, Montreal. I thankfully didn't hear another word about Tavares going there. Everyone who said that, you're a joke. So I'm, I'm done. That's it. Sorry, I had to get that all out. I just, I can't, everything they do just makes me sick. There's not one where I'm like, you know what, Montreal, great move. And if O'Reilly went there, I would have had a real tough time. That would have been a struggle for me mentally. That was, uh... That was Joe's rant, everybody. I hope you liked it. Uh, yeah, I, you pretty I, much. I think that could be a, an ongoing segment now. It's having a just, couple in a row. Just every 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 uh, episode, we just talk. You just you just rant about the Montreal Canadiens. No, I mean I'll, uh, honestly, I'll, I'll be too angry. I'm gonna have to switch up who I rant about. But two in a row are Montreal. But that's fitting because come on. Also, I don't know if I've ever told you that. Fun fact: my dad and I have an inside like that's a kind of inside joke that we love that rant uh, after. Um, you know, when Lee Russell gets a joke, it's an absolute joke, and he just goes on that big rant. They show it all the time in like top tens in Sports Center here in Toronto. So my dad and I, like, if something happens or something we don't like, we'll just go. Lindy Ruff called. We're just like Lindy Ruff called joke. Like, well, that's a big thing in my house. <laughs> that's good. I'm, maybe I'll try to make that uh, happen here in Buffalo because that's that's not that's not a thing here. That's pretty funny. I like Man, that. No, you guys, I, I can't believe I haven't told you that. Knowing you for as long as I have, that's a big thing we have. It's like something happened. I'm like, oh, like for example, we were playing cards the other day. My dad got dealt a bad hand of cards. He goes. Lindy Ruff called joke. Yo. That's what he Yo. says, man. I like it. I got to say with your guys' uh, thick uh, Toronto accents, too, with the, with the joke, with joke. the long O. <laughs> anyway, let's, uh, let's move let's, on here. Let's what, get after it. Okay, what, so, do we, what do we got next here? Um, oh, yeah, so the other thing I was just going to say, this is more of a general question for you, is any any prediction, anything anything else you think is going to happen uh, trade just trade-wise in gen- like Yeah, just trade-wise the rest of the summer. Um. Not that I've heard or seen about. Have you heard of anything like like strong? Not just like little, you know, possible predictions or anything. Well, I think like that. I think the big one that I think is still coming is I just can't see Eric Carlson in an Ottawa Senators jersey on opening night. I think no, he's gone this summer. 
Yeah, he's definitely. I feel like yeah, I feel like because I up. think that, that they need to do it because I don't think if he plays next year there he won't stay. They they offered him eight years, ten million. He shot it down, I think, within a day. And I mean, I actually think that's a fair contract. Apparently, he wants Dowdy money. Listen, he has great upside offensively. He puts up massive numbers, Carlson. But I will say, I would take Dowdy as a defenseman. If you're in like the cup and you're putting out. You're picking a defensive pairing to put out. I'm putting Doughty out ahead of Carlson 10 times out of 10 in terms of defensive. Yeah, because Carlson produces more, but... Um, it's But the yeah. position is defense. I Don't get me wrong. They, they could be arguably... You, people can make arguments for who's one of those two could be the best in the league. Um, I would rather rather have... I would rather have Doughty. But see, I don't even think Eric Carlson's, in my opinion... I think, listen, I'll say this. When they went to the conference final a couple years ago, before everything happened with his foot... And like his ankle and stuff, top three, like easily, like he was the best. He was at the peak of his game. Right now, he's not in my top three defensemen in the league. Carlson's not in your top three. No, Drew Doughty, Victor Hedman, and the third is a toss-up between like I like Subban and I like Brent Burns and I like man, even like Nashville's like underrated guys. Like there's a lot of guys in their depth, but it's def, it's certainly not Carlson. See, I think that's where a lot of people, well, at least where I would disagree. I think you put the first two you said, and then Carlson is those. Those would be what I think are the top three. Um, he's, anyway, he's, listen, he's definitely a case, but yeah, anyways. Anyway, the Dowdy uh, contract is definitely going to be a uh, a benchmark for the money he gets. I think he'll make. I think he has a fair. He'll you know, probably make point. the same, but I'm saying yeah, I think I would give I'm him ten. He's gonna make, I'd give him ten. I think he's going to be. I think he's going to make the same. Ten is not. Not a not a bad deal. I think him saying no. no it's about, okay. Your yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'd, you know, I'd take that to, to play some hockey. I'd take like a tenth of that even. But um, I think him saying no to the offer obviously shows that's like okay. What are my other options here? I'm not too happy here in Ottawa. No. Um, but anyway, it's where do you cl- think? Where do you think? Slate. Where do you yeah. think he's gonna land? So I think right now it's between like apparently Dallas was close, then that fell apart, and then apparently Tampa was close, and then that fell apart. Um, I think part of it, I, what I read was that Tampa Bay is actually looking to do a three-team trade where they acquire Bobby Ryan's contract along with Carlson's, but then they dish Ryan immediately. Like, they trade him the same day to somewhere else. Yeah. They flip him. Um, so, I think, listen, all I know is Steve Eisenman's my favorite GM in the league, although Kyle Dubas could pass him soon, but I think that, like, Eiserman is so crafty. I think that he has got deals done. Like, he just got a huge amount with Kucherov today, which we'll talk about. Um, so, I think he... I think that they'll circle back. I... For me as a hockey fan, I'd love to see him go to Tampa Bay because to think about Hedman and Carlson playing together, even occasionally, because I think they would maybe split them up once in a while, that'd be nuts. That'd just be crazy to watch. I think that right there makes them the favorite to win. Favorite, favorite team. Oh, 100%. 100%, 100% favorite, favorite, favorite to win the favorite to win the cup if, if you were to end up there. I 100%. think that would be. So I think that I think that I think he's going to go to Tampa. Bay. I think Dallas is another front runner which could be very like that could be great too. I think that adds a lot to Dallas's team. The reason I think that it's Tampa Bay is because a couple of reasons. One as I said, I think uh Eisenman's a great GM. Two, he's extremely competitive and I've also read reports that he is not even if it's Carlson, he is planning a count, uh, what's quote unquote a counter punch for the Leaf signings of ours. They're in the same division; they have to go through each other to win. So he's he wants to add another piece. Because the other thing is, if you look at it, they're going to play each other in the playoffs apparently for the next couple of years, which could happen. And you have the double barrel attack of Matthews in one line and Tavares in another. You need two stud defensemen to handle that and to beat them in a series. Yeah, and and, and Toronto or uh, excuse me, uh, Tampa's already so close. 
as you know, they fell apart in the in the conference finals this year. I think yeah. Carlson is only obviously only going to make him better. Um, but then Dallas, I feel like I, I could see I could see Dallas it happening there. They don't really, I mean, they have a number one with Klingberg, but he only makes I think I looked it up it was like two million, so I think it could work there. He had like sixty seven points last year, so yeah, he'll he'll I, get a raise soon. But yes, they they could definitely work it out. So yeah, exactly exactly for the immediate you know immediate problem with their lack of D besides you know him, I, I think it, it, it's definitely a good fit there. Um, and it would be, I think it'd be pretty interesting to see him play out there. I don't know, you know, I don't know what he's thinking in his head right now, but I, I think it's a, it'd be pretty solid to see him there. But obviously, the Lightning as a fan would be, I think, the most fun, fun yes. to see, fun to watch, fun to see. Um, and then if you were to end up in Tampa, I think, like I already said, I think it definitely favorite makes them the favorite to win the cup. Yeah, and I think you have these great these blue and white battles in the playoffs, Leafs and Tampa, and just going at it. I like Dallas too. I think that Dallas is a team that I Dallas is a team that I want to do well. Tyler Sagan's one of my favorite players. You know, I think it'd be really interesting. The one thing I was this is kind of brought up an interesting point. I'd love to see the NHL just, and I mean, this will never happen, but I, just as a pure fan, I would love to see them. You know, the, the Caps kind of slowly crept the last little while. I'd love to see them just go Caps up to ninety, like just one year they just raise it high. Because the thing is, is with Dallas, is they have to re up uh, Klinberg pretty soon. I think yep. I want to say in a year or two. And then Sagan's due next July, and he he makes five and a half, I think, or no, a little more, six maybe. But regardless, he's sort of on a Tavares like trajectory. So, yeah, where so he'll so he'll make more and everything. So they're gonna have to sign these two these two players. Those yeah. two guys, so can you get them? Now at the same time, you, I mean, Tampa just signed Kucherov long term, but then they also have Braden Point if they get Carlson. I have heard that there's a thought that they may trade for Eric Carlson for the year, and just load up. All the chips on the table go cup or bust, and then if they lose him in free agency, they lose him. That would be wild. Because I mean, at that the end would, of the day, that'd be the whole that'd be the whole story. Like all eyes on Tampa the whole year. Like oh yeah, that would be that would be an interesting move. That'd be cool to see as well. Totally different dynamic on what I think um, most people are thinking. Because I didn't even hear anything like that. That would be that would be interesting to see. No, agreed. And I think. The thing, I'm interested to see how Tampa does in general because, and this is kind of the next part of this, you know, the only we have here is, you know, I'm of the, like, I'll, well, let me just phrase the question first. Do you think, like, what else does Tampa need to do to finally get over the hump and win with this group? Or is it just the simple, like, guys have to perform better? I think it's, that's what it is. They've yeah. built, like, that team is great. Like, on paper, it's like, how are they not? How have they not won in the how last they not five winning? years? Yeah. So, yeah, because we you mentioned we were going to talk about this. It is definitely they just need to figure out a way to get those final wins. It's just yeah. definitely it's just it's just a matter of just playing better. Um, I think Stamkos can be more clutch. I'm not saying like he has like bad regular season stuff like that, but I think I think maybe last podcast or at another time we were talking about it, or whatever. But yes. I think in like game sevens, now my numbers could be way off, but it's just as a comparison, like say he's had like seven or eight game sevens played, he's got like two or three goals. It's no, something no, I, no, something I, I, along I those lines. So the stat is. Kucherov and Stamkos in career game sevens combined have one point. Well, I didn't know it was that bad. One. That's not what we talked about. Yeah, one I didn't point, know. Man. Or no, sorry, sorry, sorry. One goal, one assist. Combi- so still, two points combined, man. That okay. is, I agree. I mean, look, at the end of the day, they've been close. They've been, to the, they lost in game six in 2015 of the cup final in Chicago. They have been in the conference final three of the last four years. They're, they're close. And part of it is, don't get me wrong, it's tough to win in this league. However, those stats suggest there's something more. Because if they had great stats and they just they lost games 5-4, they lost games, something happened. If the, I mean, listen, I think great players find ways to win in great moments. 
put that on a t-shirt for the podcast but that's i think what happens so it's up to them at this point oh yeah it's just a matter of matter of playing better obviously carlson would like i said we, we keep repeating but if they get carlson favorite to win it that would be unbelievable yeah um so going stay sticking with tampa here nikita kucherov i don't know if he, this was this happened i think an hour or two hours ago kucherov signs an eight-year extension today 9.5 million average uh, I don't know about you. I like that deal a lot. I think that he is a very, very good player. He's probably one of my, if not my favorite player in the NHL to watch play. So talented, explosive, scores from anywhere. And a lot of people thought he was not going to take less than $10 million. There was a big like report that he was going to, because he took, like right he now he makes four points. Right now he makes $4.6 million. Like he's the best value contract in the league probably after Tavares signed his deal. Yeah. So he wants to be there, and exactly, I think this is showing Iserman, like, even if it's, this is the thing, he could have made probably 11 and a half, 12 million, like 11 and a half-ish, we'll just call it roughly a million. Just to get him down, it's still a lot of money, but to, that's what I'm saying. You get him down to that money and say, you're still going to make 80 million while you're here, just take a little less so we can keep re-up Braden Point. I yeah. think that's how he praises it to guys. Yeah, I don't think there's much more to be said. It's obviously great for Tampa, and you know, it's, he's going to be making Kucherov's going to be making a lot of money. Phenomenal player. I think him, you know, passing on free agency, whatever. It just shows that he wants to be there, taking a little bit less money than um, he could have got. I think. So, so not only that, but I think you know your teammates see that, and it's like okay, my my top line guy. Well, one of my top scorers here wants to be here. He wants to win. He wants to help us win. I think it's just. Uh, I think it's. I think it's great. You know, that's an excellent point because that's actually that's an excellent point because there's a real trickle-down effect when you think about it. If Kucherov is signing for $9.5 million, that means that Braden Point's number, like who's had has been a breakout star for them, say if he signed for 11, does Braden Point's number become 9 or 8.5? No, I was going to... Now, does it go down? I was going to bring this up um, earlier, but I'm glad you brought that up because I, I had forgotten about it. I was watching... It wasn't even hockey. It was something about the NFL and... Um, it was talking about players taking pay cuts. I forgot what specific player it was, but it was like a linebacker who could have made a lot more money. And then one guy had this like weird outlook on it where like he was a little bit mad. He's like, oh, he didn't take the money. And then that makes the second and third and fourth linebackers money, like values go down. So, yeah, that's it's, always it's, it. it's bad across. Like, listen, guys have taken, like Eichel took, when Eichel, for example, you, you know this directly being in Buffalo. When Eichel took that money, that $10 million, that was a big jump. That was where he got ten million. So Leon Draisaitl Edmonton got eight, right? Like, mm-hmm. and and other guy and then McDavid got twelve. Like Eichel's contract, if you look at it going back, and like I don't have the exact stats, but if you go back, you can see a lot of contracts that were influenced by him setting the bar for this is who I am as a player. I'm worth ten million. Guys above me are worth this. Guys just below me are worth this. And I think you're going to see it again in Tampa. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying I necessarily hate it or anything because I like the whole team vibe, team uh, team first. Let's try to win all together. Um, right now, I like that better. But that's just it was just a just a thought I I I'd, I know, totally agree. See on the television, but yeah, it's definitely it's yeah. definitely a thing. I never I never thought about it until I, I heard them mentioning it. Yeah, because because I, I, I think way, for sure like you want you want to take good value, but at the same time with how the cap goes and how much more guys are being paid, you're gonna run into issues unless you start doing this the other way. Um, I think that's what you saw. And it's same the least. Tavares taking 11 when he was offered 13 shows if he takes 11, like now I think Matthews probably signs a similar deal. Maybe he's 11 and a half. But then I think you go, if he took 13, does now, does Marner get 10? But now is Marner getting eight and a half? 
right? Like, I think it's all trickle down. Where yeah. if you, if you, it's almost literally you convince the, the star to take us. Same man, Stamkos a couple years ago re-signed in Tampa Bay for eight and a half million. He would have been given eleven million like two years ago if mm-hmm. he came to Toronto for sure. Mm-hmm. So, pretty interesting. Um, and then yeah, I think yeah, Tampa overall I think is good. I was gonna ask you this. This is more of just as we're talking about things. I was thinking, you know. I think you've seen some, like you've seen Toronto make some big moves. You've seen Islanders make some weird moves. The Sabres, we're talking about Tampa Bay. We're talking about a little with their contracts. All Eastern teams. My my question to you is, you know, the West. Not it hasn't been dead, but it's been a little quieter. Who do you think? Who do you like out of the West this uh, or coming like next year? Vegas will be good again. I don't think they're going to have any like sort of cup run or anything. I think it's going to more so be yeah, because like you said, it's been a little bit more quiet out uh, West. We can see maybe how well Kovalchuk helps um, helps the Kings and everything. Um, I guess Nashville's always a good team out of the West. Uh, you got Winnipeg. I, I think Nashville more so. They might have had like a little bit of a blunder this year in the playoffs. I think I think they could come out of the West if, if I had to pick a team. Um, they're still a phenomenal team, still great on the back end. I think it was just a little bit of a, a mishap this year in the playoffs. Um, so I, I would take Nashville out of the West. I agree. I like Nashville. I like Winnipeg. And I really think Dallas is going to take a step. I really like Jim Montgomery, the new coach who came in from the University of Denver. New wave guy. They have a young group. Like, Sagan and Ben are still pretty young guys. I think that they are going to take a step. I think I like the three of them. I like Calgary. I think we'll take a step. I'm really hoping they do. They need to, I think. Otherwise, I think Trey Living, the GM's gone. Um, so I think they take a step. I think it's interesting. I do agree. I think Nashville can come out. I think the Jets, again, though, they're going to take another step. But my, my, my early predictions for top of the standings are Nashville, Winnipeg, and Dallas. I think Dallas will take a step. Yeah, and then I the, Yeah, the East is – who do you think about the East? What kind of, kind of things we've talked about pretty much already. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, I guess I don't want to reiterate too much. Um, yeah, Toronto, I guess Tampa, I, Buffalo. Uh, Toronto, Tampa, maybe, maybe Buffalo number one. Um, no, Toronto uh, – Toronto, Tampa, definitely. I feel like would be my would my my. Uh, I mean, they're kind of boring. I feel like a lot of people might say that, but yeah, Toronto and Tampa. Yeah, I think, I think Pittsburgh's gonna. Team. I think Pittsburgh's gonna be competitive again as well. Um, I think Washington's gonna be so mid pack. It's not even funny next year. I think Ovi put down the cup the other day. He did. Like fir- oh, he the- did. Yes. Yeah, he yeah. His shoulder's got to be huge by now. It's it's, gotta, it it's unbelievable. Yeah, he goes camps like enjoy it. So a couple things. One. He kissed it and said, see you next year. Sorry, Ovi. Doubtful. Based on how you've been. The other thing is, unless I'm mistaken, everyone has has a day with the cup, and then you have two days. This guy's had it for a month. This guy's been around it. And I know there's like some general time when he just kind of took it over when maybe he shouldn't have, but I even feel like he he had it for more than two days. I think he had to have for his own time. Yeah, I I think so. But I mean, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't really hate it too much. I saw him sharing it with his dad the other day. Um, that was a cool was, moment. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. That was pretty cool. His dad was getting, a, you know, I feel like his dad's a very stern, stern guy. He was getting a, not not too emotional or anything like that. But it was just nice to see that that moment. Um, you know, they were saying like I had like little subtitles under it. It was like, oh yeah, we did it. We did it. It was just. It was really cool to. Uh, it was really cool to see. I agree. I think the thing is, you always kind of see. And that's why I love hockey, man. I think it's the community presence of it, and I also think you always see – not that it never happens in other sports, but I think so much so it's like – it's always what we are, family. My family got me here and all that kind of stuff, and I don't know. I've, I've always liked that stuff. I mean, I'm biased. I'm a hockey guy and huge hockey guys, you know, and as, as are you. <laughs> but I love that kind of stuff, man. It's good. You want it. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so we're going to go into a couple predictions here. Um, Chair and I are still going to be doing some episodes in the summer. You know, I know, you know, most most professional, uh, you know, broadcasters, pro- podcasters are going offline for a couple. That's not Chad and I's style. We're, we're consistent. We're workhorses. We just want to keep <laughs> churning out new content. Um, we're <laughs> trying, to get, away. trying to get some big interviews. We're going to try to do some uh, some fun some fun podcasts with some buddies in the next couple weeks. Um, but we're going to do a little bit, just to wrap this one up here, some predictions for the summer, what we think happens. And, uh, yeah, so Cheddar, you, you got one. I have a couple small ones, so why don't you go? Yeah, I'm not even, I don't even, I hate doing predictions. I always feel like an idiot because I, I either go super bold or they're, they just, they're but super But that's fun, genetic. man. Just give her. We'll do whatever I want. know, I know. Um, so, I don't know. You think Lundquist could be out of New York or no? Wow. Okay. I think, yeah, I think they are definitely, like, going through a youth movement. Like, they're going to re- retool kind of thing. So, it could happen. But I also think he could, if, the other question is, do they wait and find a good young pro- goalie prospect and let, like, you learn from that guy for a couple of years, you're going to be in good shape. Yeah, that's that's kind of the thing where they I don't really know who they would have um, if he were to not sign there. But he's thirty six years old. I mean, not not to not sign. He still has like three or four years left on the contract. If he were to not stay there, is what I meant to say. Yeah. Um, thirty six years old. I think he was like five hundred last year. Um, he makes like seven and a half million, which is you know it's ex- it's expensive. Um, so yeah, my uh, my bold prediction is Lundqvist to uh, the Coyotes. To the Coyotes. To the Coyotes. A big name guy would be good for, for a place like that. I, that. That's my bold prediction. Well, and he actually, uh, the thing that could be interesting there is he reunites with his old backup, Antti Ranta, who's already there for me. See, they already got, yeah, exactly. They're already, they're already boys there. But um, Bold yeah. prediction. Um, no. I will say, I don't know if he'll go to the Coyotes. I think that Lundqvist could be moved, but I think this is when I think you'll see him moved. You could see Henrik Lundqvist moved to a team who is a surprise next year that goes... Oh, we should we should get a big guy, a big guy in net to to continue this run. Like, say a team makes a big step this year. Like, I don't even know which team I can think of here, but okay, let's just say Carolina, who's had some goaltending issues, right? Or Philly. Let's just say that like, we talked about them earlier. If Philly, like, with I like their, Philly. With, with I like, their, I like with, you bringing. Yeah, I like let's you just say Philly. they go on. Let's say they go on a run next year and they're really up up high in the standings. But they go. We don't have a goalie that's going to take us to a cup. Did they make a big push and like throw a big like a prospect? Not hard. I would throw him out. But you give up. Give some picks up. No, and, I like. And who and who they want that could happen. That's a really good point because then as of like as I mentioned earlier, they still have a ton of you know they have a lot and of money to play with. So like. I actually, good, good call on the Philly. That's good. I like that. Now the like only that. thing is, do you, would you trade? A, would like a Rangers Philly trade? I mean, of that size, is some rival. No, it's um, not. It's there's a little bit of rivalry there, so it could be tricky in that sense. Because I think that does play a factor. Like for example, Dorian has said, uh, the GM of the Senators said he like doesn't like trade within the division even. So mm-hmm. I think that could be a factor. But I'm just saying in general, like they're an example. If a team got really hot and they thought their goaltending wasn't strong enough, did they make a move for him and try to like let him? I still think he's a very serviceable goalie at his older as like he's 36. Oh. I still think he has about two or three more good years. Yeah, left he's in still him. a good goalie, but just does older. Da- does Dallas move Bishop to them or something like? Does Dallas like Dallas even their goaltending still kind of shaky? Who knows. What do you got? Uh, what do you got for your uh, for your picks? So I have a couple uh, or uh, predictions, I should say. So my, th- I'm just gonna go through them quick. Eric Carlson joins Dallas. Um, the reason I say that is uh, going back to I had this in my notes. To, you know, I think it could be either way. I think I leaned a little more Tampa, but I kind of forgot about this part. Is like I just said, uh, Pierre Dorian doesn't like trading within the division. So going Ottawa to Tampa Bay, where he has to play Eric Carlson five times a year, could be tough. I don't think he might not want to do. So I'm gonna say Eric Carlson joins Dallas this summer. Bobby Ryan is part of the deal, but is flipped. That's my prediction. 
Um, Leafs out of top four D. I think that personally they want to keep all four of their guys up front. But unless you package Jake Gardner with some prospects to get a top D, you're not going to do it without moving Nylander, in my opinion. But I think they could do it. Dubess, as I said earlier in the podcast, is a confident, crafty guy. Um, Really like, I think, the way he approaches being a GM. And I think that he's the new wave of GM. I think that's... he His his hiring over, like, in Lamarello out shows, like... The, the next wave of like GMs I think and like it's a perfect like sort of example like what the Leafs are doing right now with their youth movement I think anyways getting a little off topic here Dubas I think will make a big move like that before because I think he knows their time is now and I don't think for example say they go on a run this year and then their D let them down in the final or in the conference final it, is, he, is he even does he even want to risk that because you never know when you're going to be back somewhere like that so that's that. And then finally, this is a bit of a different one. I, I have two kind of just random ones, but they're just one. Taylor Hall scores more points than he did this year. Adds to his points. Had a great year. I think he does even more. Because I think Nico Kiescher, his like, line mate, has a, has a year of the NHL under his belt. Um, I think that I think that he has even a better year. And the last one, it's, I don't, you might not like this, because uh, it's a bit Uh-oh. against Deline. Uh My prediction is that Philip Zadina, the pick that dropped to sixth to Detroit, wins the Calder, beating out Delina and Svechnikov. I hope not. I, I now I also will say that part of me is saying that because if you look at it, Calder the Calder Trophy, like if a kid comes in and puts up thirty or forty goals first year, like even if a defenseman, even if Delina's a better player, they're a big like oh he had a bunch of goals, a bunch of points. Good point. That's a very good point. I, yeah, I, yeah. So I'm not like for example like when Matt, when Matthews won the Calder. Now, he was great that year. He had, like, 65 points. Zach Renski was a stud for Columbus, too. But he's a defenseman, and that isn't – in terms of certain voting. And that can get and that can get overlooked. People would rather see the flash. They'd rather see the goals. Yeah. And plus, defensemen, like, a young – as we talked about earlier, it's tougher to become a defenseman. Yes. Um, so, at a younger age, you're going to make more mistakes. I, um, now, I think Deline will step right in, for sure. He, oh, yeah, he's going he's to be a very good defense. I'm not saying he's going to – be absolutely incredible. He's going to make some mistakes, but no, he's going to be very uh, effective. I think it's for sure. Yeah, and then the thing about Zena too that I love is apparently he interviewed a couple with a couple teams, and they said if they they were talking, they essentially said if you guys pass on me, I'm going to fill your net with goals for 15 years. Like that, this kid is confident. I saw, I saw a couple of videos of him in Detroit. This kid can play, man. I think mm-hmm. that he could be he could be a steal. Like in a couple of years, you'd be like, oh, he was sixth overall. Probably should have been second. Yeah, like one of those things. Um, so that one, Taylor Hall, you know, Hart Trophy winner. I, I still think it should have been McKinnon, but I get. I think that what helped Hall was Hall um, had that huge point streak. I mean, I, I was I was watching some videos again today. Nathan McKinnon led Colorado. Colorado had a forty-seven point improvement in the standings, from t- like two years ago to the to last season. <coughs> and I think to not give McKinnon like that is tough. Yeah, I remember you talking. I mean. I agreed with with most of what you were saying, but yeah, you were uh, you were a little rattled about that. But Taylor, Hall, I think though. Hall is a great player, and I'm happy he won too. Because I also think, what a bad trade, Taylor Hall out of Edmonton for Adam Larson, one for one. <laughs> Tough well, trade. You know, yeah, I guess yeah. Life motto is uh, I've been I've been living by this, and it's, it, it helps with disappointment. Win some, lose most. That's uh, yeah. I think that, that's uh, that's from one of the Mercier's boys. Correct. I forgot who. Sorry, Correct. I can't give. Sorry, Heinz- I can't give full credit. Oh, it's but. okay. Hindsight's twenty twenty too. I mean, you can say that now. Like what? And the other thing too, with all and so I should, I should actually, I'm gonna completely contradict myself here. It's fine. It's my podcast. Well, you're an I podcast. But one thing is as well, 
<clears throat> I've said this before, and I've used it for Tyler Sagan a lot. People are like, oh, you know, for like the Dallas, like the trade, because Shirelli's actually moved the same guy, both times, or he moved Hall and Sagan in his different with his different teams in Boston and in Edmonton. But also, you never know if those guys would have ever become the players they would have in those cities. I don't think Sagan ever would have become the players become in Dallas and Boston. And I, I can probably I can say the same probably for New Jersey and for Hall. I think he prefers playing there. Yeah, probably better fits, a little bit more spotlight. Yeah, I think that's fair. They get a little bit more uh, um, time to shine in those places, and I think uh, that's... Well, and I think it's also like... But I also think it's the opposite of they can walk around downtown Dallas, and I think they can walk around downtown New Jersey with a little less limelight on them outside of the rink. Yeah, also very good points. I'd agree which, with that. Which would help. Okay, so just to wrap up here on a fun note. Oh yeah, you said you had a you said you had a question for me. I forgot so, about this part. So yeah, this is just like this is just a goofy question, but I, I just wanted you to you know, it's a goofy podcast sometimes. So, I am like I'm a genie, and this is the wish I grant. You can have dinner with three NHLers. It's like a table of four, three NHLers, past or present, dead or alive. Anyone who's ever played in the league, you got to pick your three. Oh, oh, okay. I was not expecting that, but you can approach this in so many different ways. So many ways. Okay, wow. That's good. I, I'm, I've been thinking a little bit. Do you want to go back and forth? Like, you say one, I'll say one kind of thing? I'm trying to think of how my initial thought should be. Like, do I want guys that are going to mesh well together? Do I want guys that are going to be have the best stories? Do I want guys that maybe a little bit of everything? Yeah, so see, I think right off the bat, like, this is because I'm also a huge fan of spit and chicklets. Like, Paul Bissonnette's in there. Like grinder of an NHLer, but just for stories, like just to pick his brain about what it was like, like kind of what he's how his life still is. And I just think he seems like a guy you'd love to grab like dinner and a beer with or beers with. Hundred percent. Okay, so along. Okay. Uh, now it could also be no. So to your point, like as we were talking about earlier, kind of looping around, you could say let's go. I'll go Bissonette and Crosby, and Crosby's about how have you done, been so good, and and like Bissonette is supplies the stories. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I know no, you're yeah, yeah. a lot of different ways to look at it. Actually, okay, you know what? I totally, I'm going to go with, I'm going to probably put all my eggs in one bag. I might go with just, like, a total, like, storytelling, like, yeah, maybe, it, that's maybe, it, maybe, maybe it ends up on, like, they just pay for my night out on the town and I have, like, some unbelievable night with these dudes. Correct. So that, might, that's what I'm saying. Like, you, you, you can I might, pick who you think you're going to guarantee that kind of night with. It might be, like, all guys that play now, just if I can do that. But that's like, fine, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to, okay, so we don't drag this out too much. Story time, hopefully a good night out of this. Give me, give me Matt Martin. Oh, give me Drew wow. Doughty. Give me Drew Doughty. I love that one. Yeah, that's big. Give me, give me, give me Jack Eichel. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Oh yeah, there's three. Okay, so three. Drew Doughty, Matt Martin. Okay, so uh, yes, yeah, not Matt nothing. Ma- not, so give me the Matt Martin. Uh, I've always, a, that's an I've always had, pick. I've always had a. Uh, a bit of a man crush on him. It's not like he's the best player or anything like that, but good I think uh, just yeah, good looking dude. You know, definitely in it for the stories. Fourth line grind kind of guy. Plays yeah. hard, but do would do anything for his teammates. Um, I'm, I've watched a ton of those uh, Road to the Winter Classics. Ton of you know, I hear him chirping. You know, it, it's, it's funny goes. to hear that. It's hear that. Like I hear, see him behind the scenes. It seems like he's looking after for the younger guys, but keeping it light but taking it serious. Like he just seems like he's uh, and you know, he definitely likes to. Uh, to throw him back a little bit. That's that's yeah. for sure. So I'm so. going, okay, so Paul Bissonnette's in there for sure. Because I think he is the type of guy that I think would get stories going out to anyone. Like, he is a catalyst for the good rest point. of the table. Very good so, point. So him, I like 
I like the Drew Doughty call a lot, but I almost feel like are Doughty and Bissonette doing the same job there? Like, because I think Doughty could really get going with some stories too. Yeah, yeah. But I'm gonna go Bissonette. I'm gonna go. It's tough because like you want to say like I would say a guy like Gretzky, but then it's like okay, is he gonna be like I'm going? I know. I'm at ten. Like, am I, yeah. am I leaving? So, if, okay, let's, okay, if we change the question, let's say, yeah, three inch hours, like, dinner and, like, the night out. Like, you're going out with the guys for the night. You're going wherever to bars and you're bar hopping. Because that's kind of how you answer that question, right? Yeah, yeah, basically. Okay, so I'll go Bissonette. I'll go Snooks O'Reilly. Ryan O'Reilly, for sure. <laughs> okay, uh, okay. <laughs> Welcome to Buffalo. I'm going to crash my, my truck into a Tim Hortons. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, I just think, and man, I'd be like, hey, I remember when I saw you, like, crushing that full bottle of wine at City and Color that one, that one concert? Oh, I remember that, you telling me about that. <laughs> that anyway. actually happened. Fun fact. Yeah. So Ryan O'Reilly <laughs> burying his girlfriend's <laughs> bottle of wine at a concert once. So Ryan O'Reilly, Paul Bissonette. And then, yeah, I think though what I'm, what I'm, I'm going to stick to my guns and say <clears throat> I would pick a guy, a star, who is more reserved because he has to be because of, like, who he is. So, like, right but for, now, but for, right the, now, but, but for that night, he lets loose a little bit. Yeah, like, and, and Biz, like, kind of gets him out of his shell. Good, good. And good so does O'Reilly. So I think I'm going to go – right now, I'll tell you right now, it's, it's, the final spot is between Sidney Crosby – <clears throat> no, you know what? He's out. It's between Austin Matthews and John Tavares. I thought I thought Austin Matthews for a second. I'm going to say Austin Matthews. I think that you get him. Now, and we, we wouldn't go in Toronto. We'd go, like, maybe, maybe we go, you know what? Got it. We'd go in, I'd go in Scottsdale, Arizona. Oh, okay. Okay. Where he, I think he's in that. He lives in the Phoenix area. Or that's where he's from. Bissonette lives there, and he works for the Coyotes. Connection there. And O'Reilly, oh. I think, just that guy gets after it with anyone. So that's what it is. Austin Matthews, Ryan O'Reilly, Paul Bissonette. I like how the I like that how the Ari- I like how the Arizona thing <laughs> panned out with the with Bissonette and, and Matthews. Okay, that's a good that's a good approach too. Well, the thing I is, like- man, you have you have to look at this from from every angle because exactly if you had just the dinner, that I think that that changes a lot. That that answer for me, if it's like you're having dinner, then you're leaving in a separate car. That all they're all going your separate ways. That answer, I think, for me, changes a ton. If it's now, like the whole now, evening, I'm I'm like that. That's big. Now you're getting a freaking dinner with these dudes, going out bar hopping, and then hopefully, you know, getting pizza with them at three a.m. and then seriously, Uber into, Uber into one of their sick pads and just crashing for the night correct, all together. Correct. You know. Now I will say, and this is a bias, like this is part I I, I might have included them. Have had like this is humble brag and a name drop. So sorry to everyone before us. Have had dinner with Jonathan Taves before. That guy is a legend. That guy's a I, legend. I believe that. I can listen to that guy talk all day, I feel like. That guy has subtle stories. Like, you don't think it when you see him. And that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's kind of why I brought up a guy like Matthews. Taves is very stoic, very, like, himself because of who he is on the, like, he has to be, I think, in a lot of ways with the media and, and what he represents in Chicago. That guy is a beauty. Absolute beauty. Absolutely. I like it. Absolutely I like love it. it. Okay. Well, good podcast, Cheddar. Um, interviews. We got to get on the interviews. But uh, mm-hmm. we'll figure that out pretty soon. And yeah, to all the listeners, thanks for listening. Shed anything for the listeners? Uh, I think I said the last couple, but uh, go Bills and uh, Darlings and <laughs> Buffalo, baby. <laughs> there we go. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.